Senor Gibbs, come on, star. Tommy Gibbs is joining us on the podcast. How you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, holding up all right, all things considered. We're doing all right, man. We're doing all right. Now, normally, you're one of the most active amis on the scene, I feel, but it's been very quiet as of recently. How are you holding up with that? Obviously, non-stop, so now you're doing all right. Yeah. Kind of a struggle when I was thinking about it the other day, because it was a year since my last fight, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's been that long already. Because I think since I first started, this is my longest layoff. Well, this is where it gets interesting because, again, I think where you had an advantage over a lot of people is your activity. Again, any kind of like competitive nerves, any sort of ring rust, it's sort of never really been on the radar. Like with yeah. the time off, then, how have you found that sort of period of reflection? Has it been something you've benefited from? Is it itching to get back? Where's your sort of head up with competition at the minute? Yeah, it's definitely itching to get back 100%. But there is that small doubt of like, oh, shit, what happens if I get fucking ring rust is real and get nervous again? So I just want to get overdone with it fight by this point <laughs> well this is sort of it in itself so when it came to fighting so frequently then where did that sort of stem from because again some people get injuries bits and bobs some people just have preferences to rest and recover is it just if you're good to go you get stuck in where, where have you developed that kind of frequency from i think it's just getting stuck in like being ready is always something i was so determined to be like always ready fight whenever especially like i've had long layoffs i'd to get fat <laughs> so not having a layoff kind of eliminated that problem now that's actually kind of mad I remember you put a picture up a little while ago like little chubby Tommy and then ripped yeah. on the scales Tommy is a very different person like <laughs> the guy yeah. you your friend tells you not to worry about that's the one <laughs> <laughs> exactly like, I enjoyed chocolate way too much it's always been the issue so so let, let's paint a picture Italian. let's paint a picture real quick so out of camp, 10 weeks out, what's the damage? 10 weeks out. The Probably... fight's announced 10 weeks' time. What's the usual sort of, what are you floating around at? 65? That's actually not too bad. I was expecting yeah. much worse than that. That's fine. No. Nah. It's normally if I have to have a long lay off, then it's kind of like more towards 70. Then <laughs> I won't ask you what you are now, because that's just rude. We're, we're mates, so we're not going to like be that guy, but yeah, that's fine. No. Nah. <laughs> I'm still about 66 I'm not too I did get really fat but I have worked and turned myself back down <laughs> I mean you've sort of got to you know live your life a little bit as well so what I've sort of found at least personally where it's always dieting it's always cutting it's always training non-stop like wait a minute I'm an adult I can have a pizza if I want a pizza that will you can have a little bit of shit here and there I mean this is a huge thing so regards of your compete and it's more of the frequency i want to get into with this when it came to the day itself how what did it mean to you at that moment in time say we choose an arbitrary fight say your last fight in cage wars academy the build-up to that fight what does that significance have to you is it just another fight to sort of build your experience is it a specific event that's going to mean a lot to you that specific opponent like what does the the fights mean to you at this stage not quite hard um I think I take every fight seriously by this point. The first eight fights, it was just getting the rhythm of fighting and is this what I want to do? So I think now it's like I'm looking to go pro, you know, every fight kind of matters. I have to treat every fight as if it was a professional fight. I mean, this is where that happy meeting between amateur for your experience versus amateur for practicing being a pro, and there's a very different, different thing there. Now, yeah. in your camps and preparation, say next fight you go pro, I have to say no pressure of saying that just for the sake of this, but say if you go next fight's pro, 
Battle Arena, why not? There's one in July. If you were to do pro for that, what would be different in your camps opposed to what it is now? I think if the minute I go pro, I'll drop my working days. So I've got more time to train. I'll just work three days a week rather than six and just put more into training and probably more into recovery as well. I'm terrible at recovery. Because mm. you're quite hands on with your work, aren't you? Is you you bricklayer? What do you do? Uh, scaffolder. Scaffolder, scaffolder. Yeah. My bad. It's like Cardinal Sin getting them wrong, apparently. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> I work in a Christian office, so, you know, I'm, I'm completely exempt from this conversation. But as I say, yeah, you're full on with that. You're training all the time as well. Like, recovery is completely off the radar. But in saying that, do you do strength and conditioning then? Because some people seem to use their work for that. Yeah, I still do. Because I still think I need cardio. And more, like, explosive stuff as well. Because scaffolding is very, like, static strength and functional strength. Mm. Where I think I lack an explosive strength. That's where my SSD is based on is cardio and explosive. Well, again, you can tell when someone's got some sort of physical job when you grip up with them because it's a fucking nightmare. You know, okay, it's going to be a long round. You because you're training the game every now and then, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, like if someone gets a grip of your lapel, you're like, okay. Okay, yeah, you can kind of. No, no, I can tell the future for the next five minutes. It's going to be very, very slow, very <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> but here we are. We're moving. But now it's interesting that sort of transition as to how you've got to think this way now. Because again, when you first start, your ignorance is bliss. You're sort of cracking on. Whereas you start working out things that work, things that don't. And along with that, like what have you sort of, I don't know, leaned out of your training and, and sort of preparation when it comes to fights now versus what you used to focus on? I think it's a lot more out of fight camp is a lot more skill based and getting better and learning and then when in fight camp it's just getting sharp and as fit as possible whereas before it was like I was just learning during fight camp mm. but now it's a lot more being ready for that specific fight now regards to like sparring and stuff then is it a lot of skill based sort of rounds like what's the it's like an RP like sort of how you sort of say it, like seven, eight is like, you know, pretty hard rounds, not trying to knock each other out, but you're putting it on each other versus like two and a three, we're sort of like drilling essentially. Like where do you sort of rate your sort of sparring intensity in fight camp, like through as it sort of goes along? It's definitely a mix because you still need them like seven, eight rounds, but you mm. don't want to get your head around so close to a fight. So it's still like a mix between say two and three, five and six and eight and nine. So it's kind of balancing between the three. A couple of nines in there, fucking hell, what are you doing? <laughs> You're just there, plant your feet, sit, boys. <laughs> Who wants it? <laughs> Who's feeling brave? <laughs> no, you know, you kind of hit each other a bit hard. You give I'm not even talking about chin for this one. <laughs> Wide open, he's got fools. <laughs> But no, I definitely get you. As to say, this is where these conversations get quite interesting because some people still swear by the, you need basically a fight before you have your fight to get used to the intensity and the pressure. Some people are like, no, save your damage, save your health, everything else. Prepare physically and just get stuck in. And it's where you find your style and how that sort of fits. And with your style, how do you find mixing out with your rounds? So for example, will you spar the same way you would against a mix of opponents or do you try and nullify their game? Or how would you like to prioritise your sparring and sort of from a strategy point of view I like to play a bit of both like I like to try to impose my game on what I would do in a fight but then I also want to be the nail I'd fight someone else's type of fight so Ethan Kamen for example I would try to tie with it run, <laughs> run away I know I'm, gonna, I'm <laughs> no longer going to lose so but in losing them rounds you benefit from it 
no, I feel that's a very healthy attitude because again, a lot of people get very again, there's two ways of going about it. You either develop your current skill set around different obstacles or you adapt your style to then more mirror theirs or sort of nullify theirs. And the fact you're willing to adapt mid round, that is what fighters don't do enough of. They're yeah, sort of okay, I'm I'm still gonna <laughs> it's a Simpsons thing, so I'm gonna keep kicking my arms out and kicking my <laughs> fist forward. And if you get hurt, it's your own fault. And it's sort of okay. <laughs> then what? <laughs> what happens if I move laterally? So now I'm gonna keep doing this. <laughs> yeah, stick with this. I think it's important for a fight because not you're not gonna be the hammer in every fight. You are gonna get in there with someone who you will be the nail and you have to learn how to deal with that and how to switch it up in the fight or how to survive and you need to be able to pay both in strength. Oh, a million percent. And regards to your composure when this is all going wrong, like, what is it between rounds sort of thing? You make these sort of adjustments. Is it something James prompts you to do? Is it something internally? Like, because again, if you've got a plan to get in on someone and you've missed the odd sort of exchange or you've had a like, shot stuffed or something, is it then, okay, sack off entirely? Is it, okay, give it a couple more attempts? Like, what's your sort of pacing for that kind of decision making? It's a mix in between, like, I'm. In the fight, I can't hear my corner. I'm so focused. In between rounds, I'm quite good at taking stuff in. But it's also done on the fly as well. Like if I realise something hasn't worked and, or I see something different and work my opening through that, there's a little bit of a mix of the two. And regards to the preparation then, is it a case of you've got your plan after watching tape? Is it what you're going to do anyway? Is it like opponents emulate things? Is it just general skill? How do you focus... For an opponent, say, I don't know. <laughs> Good example is Duncan when you fought Duncan. Like you spar with him enough times, you get you can you can get him in to simulate his own style. But it's a case of okay, you know what to expect. Just as a last minute example, is the bad one to use. But I thought yeah, no. that was charming. But you know what I mean? Is it a case of say if you're yeah. going to fight me for some reason, you're going to fight someone two weight divisions heavier and about a foot taller? <laughs> you're going to like get <laughs> like H just there, like okay. Let me try not to move as fluently. Let's try and get as <laughs> get a bit more heavy footed. Like what's your general plan for when you get an opponent? The, the long, the short version of this long question was, do you go specific for your opponent or do you focus on yourself? I'm just getting a bit of both. Like my coach, I don't really watch, I probably like watch one fight and see what they're about. My coaches watch it more and then they base stuff I do in fight camp around what they do. So when I go out there, I kind of have an idea. So I guess it is trying to impose my will about, around their game. So I know what they can do. I know their strengths and weaknesses and how I can use that to make my style work rather than just going out aimlessly and trying to get a takedown or a big punch. I mean, this is where you do something quite really nice. You're transitioning to your double mm -hmm. legs. This is where the levels do start to show because that transition is where people who train separate disciplines and also don't really appreciate me for what it is, they sort of get caught out in these sort of areas. Now, the style you've adapted and developed, has that come from just something you found that's worked for you? Is it something you've actively tried to sort of develop through like watching tape? Where's your sort of style come from, do you feel? I think it's just naturally come. Like I always, when I started, I was always more like a wrestling, like wrestling heavy during the whole thing. But then I realised I need to get my hands better. So I think it's just a natural thing. And then I've brought the rest of my skill set up with where my strength is. I mean, again, this is something you start to battle test because when you first start, you haven't really got a style, but when you start seeing what sticks and what actually works and again, what sort of converts and you get people who you can really watch, like Jack Shaw is a good example, someone similar kind of weight, someone who uses that sort of, 
horrible pressure. And again, it's just very high percentage stuff. It's just grim. Now, with that being said, your sparring partner start getting a bit savvy with that. They expect, okay, <laughs> keep these legs, yeah. keep his legs, keep moving, stay out of the way. Yeah, don't, don't go now, with that, then, are you still going to double down on what you're already doing at that point? Yeah. I'm going to not. How do I write it? I'll try to use a different setup. Mm. Like, if I know they know what's going to come, I'll try to throw more hands to get my takedown or <clears throat> maybe let them walk down me so then I can shoot on them. I don't know. Like, I'll try and mix up. I don't just aimlessly look for a double leg over and over and over. <laughs> He's just running around just like everyone's legs. Like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I chop their ankles. Like, fuck off. <laughs> just just like, <laughs> Um, with like sparring in different places this is where this gets a little bit more interesting so obviously guys like Duncan you fought before Hattie as well when it comes to sparring another place say you come to BST are you doing your A game mentally scoring the rounds is it just sparring as normal and see what happens or is it quite light and flowy is it competitive to you what does sparring outsiders look like to you I guess it's a bit competitive but it's more that I want to take something from that sparring mm. so if I tried put my game on them and it's not working then I know where my holes are so it's, yeah, it's more competitive, like competitive but I'm also wanting to take something away from it like try not to have an ego basically well I, I'm always put the side if you need your ego but, but manage it because people say get rid of it I said no you won't get better <laughs> like if you don't think you're better than someone else you're not going to challenge them and then you'll never find exactly. out there's always got to be a little bit of something but again I like yeah, that you don't have a bit of ego you don't have a bit of something about you but you don't want to ego get too much and then kind of think you're invincible. <laughs> it's definitely a balancing act. And again, this is where these sort of conversations get interesting because, again, these are your friends. And then someone asks you how your sparring went and you're in the same conversation. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. if a judge uh, was to score it, I think you know what he'd say. <laughs> but yeah, kind of, you don't want to say anything, do you? Like, yeah. uh, you don't kiss and tell, okay. gentlemen. Yeah, you got to be polite about it. But... <laughs> You know what's up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, now that's why this becomes a bit of an, I don't know, a further interesting point about how you manage these things and people you spar against. And again, for example, fighting someone like Hadi who you've sparred with before, and again you're very familiar with. What was the camp like for that? Obviously, knowing what you knew, and then preempting that sort of thing. Because again, as much as you're familiar with his style, and obviously fighting him before, I'm talking about the rematch in this instance. Yeah. Like, how do you then prep for something you you know so much about, but again, you still can't predict the same extent. Oh, well, that was watching that first fight over and over and over again, and realizing everything I did wrong, and then it was adapting. Because you watch the two fights, I fought completely differently. The first fight, I let I was just backing up the whole time. When the second time, I put all the pressure on him. So I think it was based on watching the tape, realizing everything I did wrong. And then trying to work my style better against it, I guess. Yeah, because this is a very sort of, I keep saying interesting, I'm, it is, but I'm going to stop saying it. But <laughs> w- watching that fight, it's a really tricky one. I'm going to use a different word now about how you sort of change that. Because again, if you're going to break down, okay, someone with the boxing like Hattie, his boxing is so up there. How do you then nullify that? How do you win, beat someone like that? You think, okay, double leg lay and pray stall out if you need to that check can't go action you know you've got to do what you've got to do sometimes mm-hmm. got but on. then but then you have five yeah. rounds of trying to do that i think okay now what 
this is my sort of point of where you sort of adapt to your sort of style or develop an existing area and then again keep making these modifications uh, what how did the camp change was it so orientated around that's i don't know what you wanted to impose was it just you knew what you wanted to do mental tick list sort of thing how did you then change your camp for that preparation i think it it was more changing my style and how i was fighting that fight so it was like obviously worked more forward pressure and more like slipping my head going forward rather than just my standard training we like did everything we did wrong and have correct it in that fight camp now when it came to i don't know coming up short how did you find I don't know, going back for the rematch in itself because again after having the first fight and having that result how did it feel getting the rematch knowing okay i've already had five rounds of this how am i going to change this how did it feel i don't know being presented with the opportunity again it felt good like obviously i like haddie so i didn't want to see if i was being distant on this fight in the game but yeah. it was because i because i took that loss i wanted to redeem it so it was more like i was wanting to prove to myself that i could you know the right camp and the right strategy i guess i could actually win that fight I mean, this is where you sort of have to sort of separate the emotions from the physical. Okay, this is just a sport. This is business. So like, yes, he's my mate. We'll have a pint afterwards. But, you know, this is what we need to do. But regards of taking your losses in general, how are you post-loss? Are you back in the gym the next day? Are you having time to yourself afterwards? Are you resting? What's your turnover like? Always take, no matter win or lose, always take a week off. Just to fucking unwind from all of it and let my, you know, do my own thing for a little bit. And then normally a week out, I'm back in the gym. And regards of how personally you take your losses, is it just business and it's matter of fact? Do you take it quite personally? How do you find, I don't know, getting back and wanting to compete after taking a loss? Yeah, it does sting, that's for sure. Like, I mm. do take it personally. Like, it you know, cuts deep. But I think that's what drives me. After you go through feeling bad and sorry for yourself a little bit, then it's kind of like you pick yourself back up and you want to get better and not let that happen again. Would you say the result matters to you as a collective thing outside of the original? Okay, I like winning. I don't like losing, but it's bigger picture. Like, what are results actually mean to you at this stage, like emotionally? I think it's just proven that I'm taking a step forward. Like every fight, I'm winning. I'm getting better. It's proven that I'm getting better. So when you take a loss, it's kind of like you start doubting yourself a little bit. It feels like you take a step backwards. But then after you have that time, you know. Think about that negativity, negativity, bullshit, and get it out of the way. The you kind of realise, yeah, you kind of realise it's not so bad. It's kind of a lesson rather than something else. Well, it's a very hard thing to appreciate in the moment because, again, as much as it is, it's just a fight. It's just so and so. So, well, it's, it's not. It was just nine, ten weeks of my life outside of the years I've put in, and now I've just lost. Exactly. So, yeah. so fuck off. It's just work. a fight. <laughs> yeah, people don't understand the work that goes into it and the emotions. And- yeah, definitely. Well, again, this is where this is a question I want to ask from my place of experience. When it comes to the build-up, anxieties, everything else, they get in the way of just life. Obviously, you've got to function still, but it gets in the way. Having such a physically demanding job, how do you find even performing to the same sort of standards once you're that sort of fatigued from training, but also mentally exhausted and obviously thinking about stuff? Like how do you find, mm-hmm. I don't know, keeping it's working? <laughs> So fucking tough. Like, especially the worst of fight week. Like, I can't focus. I'm fucking 
Obviously, I'm seriously starting to cut weight and I'm starting to fatigue and uh, it's the stresses. But yeah, there's definitely a noticeable difference, especially losing the weight as well, the scaffold. And the more weight I got on me, the better. <laughs> so when I'm fucking, like, really fucking trim, like, I feel so weak. <laughs> but that's a point in itself. I didn't think about how how it can physically affect you. Because again, me being in the office, it's not, it's whatever. People say, okay, why are you eating like fish and vegetables? That and rice and oh, don't worry about it, it's calm. Whereas you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm literally dying. <laughs> I can't carry this. Please help me someone. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst thing. I've burned so many calories scaffolding and then going to the gym for two, three hours. It's just fucking, like trying to eat so clean is so difficult because I've burned so many calories in the day. It's fucking miserable. <laughs> No, but, I hate my life. But that is a point though. Have you worked out how many calories you actually need to the number? On an average, I'd burn between three thousand and four hundred a day. So probably around three thousand. Fucking hell, that's a lot. I mean yeah, even on three thousand calories, I'm probably like a still in a thousand calorie deficit. That's, that's so much. <laughs> like the thing is, people hear these numbers, they think, okay, that's a couple of pizzas, crack on that. No, no, imagine that in like chicken breast <laughs> and like yeah, vegetables. Yeah. Like 10 chicken breasts, like it's just fucking impossible to eat. Everyone listening to this doesn't quite get this. Google 500 calories of broccoli. Look how much it is. It's just <laughs> so much like a forest. <laughs> uh, I can't even imagine. What do you want to look at it? Makes me feel sick. Um, Side little point, tattoos. When it comes to training and tattoos, obviously you've got quite a few. Are you going to get any more? Yeah, 100%. What's your t- training time like layoff between things? Is it like I came off the chair and I'm in the gym that evening? Is it like, okay, we plan around I'm, it? I might give it a day or two. I might, just, I might just like slow down on grappling for a few days and just, you know, boxing, bit boxing. And then just after a few days, yeah, it'll be fine. Go back at it. I mean, what's the healing like on the ones you've got so far? Have you got quite a lot of shading or is it like, you know, pretty quick stuff? No, quite a lot of, quite a lot of shading. So Fuck that, long. man. Fuck that. Like, again, anyone who hasn't had tattoos, they, they just hurt. Like, it's just like, you know how you scab yeah. your knee or whatever? It's like that, but like way worse and way longer. Like, fuck touching and that. It's like, you get to a certain point, it just becomes so painful. You kind of like try not to cry. Well, again, as much as you're being like, you know, quite composed, everything else, like these things really fucking hurt and some things really fucking suck. The fact you're like, yeah, it's just whatever. I've, I can't imagine that. <laughs> fuck that noise. Royally fuck that noise. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you a few sort of FAQ kind of questions. I'm curious as to say what you think. Again, try and give an answer from your personal perspective, not generic kind of answer that you give anyone, but what you'd say. Yeah. What is the biggest lesson that you've learned since starting competing? Not just training, but competing. I'd probably say how like self-belief more than anything. And I know that does sound a bit cliche, but it is like you see how far and how much you can progress. It kind of like boosts the rest of your life up. So I like if I have kids, I want them to be in the gym and training just because it's such a big lesson in life you learn through fighting. I like that. Is that purely from the competition itself or just training in general? Probably more so the competition, but even training, you know, it's made my life better, right? Anyway, look at it. Definitely. Um, another one. Before you make the walk, what goes through your head and what keeps you in a good headspace when it comes to the first bell? The initial thing is like, I need to get a spike to find out quickly. If I can get out of it, <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? But 
once you made the walk, it's, it's, I don't think anymore. Like my brain just switches off and I'm just in the moment. Um, again, it's so. I tell you who said this was really strange. Do you know Stan who trains at BS2? Yeah. He said this, it was so perfect. It's like you're watching your own movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really weird. It's so true. It's like, okay, I don't even know what I did. I didn't even know what happened. But yeah, it's like you've got your own like. It fucking goes in big. Like my first ever fight, how I can remember that in my head is nothing the way the fight actually went. If I watched the fight, I was like, that's not that. What? It's weird how fucking different it is, how like the emotions and generally like takes over. Do you know what the cringiest thing is about like fighting is in the moment you think, fucking hell, that was intense. That was a proper war. That was like, you know, swinging for the fence. Yeah. And watch it back, like, what was that? <laughs> it's, not, it's, not really happened. This is no Naruto shit. This is like, what is this? Like stick fighting. They're like miles away from each other, like little jabs saying, whoa, off and fucking took his head off. He's hurt. Like, oh, the ref's going to stop me soon after I gave you all these bombs left. <laughs> do some fucking damage here. <laughs> Oh, I think there's paramedics here just in case it kicks off. <laughs> oh, I've had some fights that have been laying prey, but at the time I thought I was doing some serious fucking damage. And I was watching it, I was like, I didn't actually fucking move. <laughs> I didn't recognize the bloke afterwards, I couldn't see his face. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking hell. Okay. Um, when you're in the sauna or bath, have you cut your weight? What keeps you pushing to the next pound, to the next point? What keeps you in that clear headspace? The fact that I've got that far, like I'm at that point, I'm basically ready to fight, and the fun part's going to be the next day. So it's just a little bit more suffering. Again, very flippantly dis- dismissing something very, very long-winded and very. Because you said, "Oh, that's fine." If I say <laughs> oh, a couple of hours in the sauna, that sentence took two seconds to say. A couple hours is a couple hours. It's long hours. People hear saunas and baths, and I think I was quite relaxing. For the first oh, five, 10 is. minutes, it's calm. It's nice. It's lovely. Oh, <laughs> is the worst part of fighting. There's no question. It is the hardest part, easily. It's just so fucking soul-destroying. Now, this is where this question gets more personal to you. What are your life hacks for cutting weight? What things have you found that are comfortable ways of going about things? Is there certain things you have on in the background that, you know, kept keep you in a good headspace? Is it like you're watching certain things? Is it certain bath salts? Is it certain things for recovery you found like you're a little okay now i've got to do this this is my setup this is how i'm going to get this done <laughs> to be honest all it is is joe, Rog- uh, joe rogan podcast <laughs> fisticuffs just have, my bar and <laughs> have something that's just fucking distracting you know what I mean? just dying <laughs> i've seen a little bit of tra- okay i've seen that like if i was tv in there i just put something on so i can take my mind off the fact that i'm about to start I mean, this is sort of the point. It's like, okay, I can't focus. I can't see properly. Just just give me noise. Just don't do dead silent. I'll, I'll just pass out. I'll just try and stay awake. Yeah, you see some sort of noise, anything. Post weighing. So you're on the scale. We've got the nod. You're on weight. Then what? What is the... We'll, we'll say post rehydration drinks and all the stuff for anyone listening. So we know you're professional. But when you're ready to eat good food, what are you saying? Every single fighter is straight away the Nando's. Always. Oh, yeah, so like this, yeah, I forgot about that completely. Oh, more more important, more important controversial question. This is what's going to lose you and make you fans. What's the order? Oh, chicken butterfly. What, what heat? What sides? Talk to me. 
There's people Medium. listening. Medium. I, I can't. I cannot handle hot food. The medium's fucking spicy to me. Medium's got flavour. This is what I say to people who don't appreciate yeah. this. If you're going extra hot because you're scared of getting called a pussy, you're a bigger pussy for that. If you say medium with chess because you enjoy it, that's, I'll respect that more. Yeah, that's a medium's a nice tasting. It's only hot. It's just too hot. The whitest conversation on, on the podcast world. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that that mild is a bit stingy. Ooh, get some mayonnaise on that. Let's <laughs> cool that down. <laughs> Where's the ketchup at? <laughs> Get, get big back all the way around and sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, this is sort of, the, again, they're very trivial things, but again, there's a certain art to these things. This is the point. This is why these questions are so, I don't know, they seem very trivial. Again, how do you train? How do you do certain things? But it's the way you do them, which is sort of the point. And yeah, exactly. when you prepare for your fights, what is your biggest, I don't know, what is the thing on your t- schedule that you're like, okay, I've got to do this. Like, is it the sprints? Is it certain sparring? Is it certain like classes? Like some people are really like, okay, I've got to do like my shuttle sprints. I've got to do my rounds. I've got to do this, that and the other. It's a fucking ordeal, but you know, you've got to do it. What's your equivalent of, okay, this is my vegetables. This is important. I need to do it, but I don't want to do it. I'd say getting to the gym, scaffolding every day and cutting weight. And, you know, you've got to be the gym six days a week. There are some days that you fucking haven't you get home and you're like fucking half asleep and you ain't got nothing in you and I think it's them days where I like I still have to get to the gym just have a double shot of coffee and get to the fucking gym I think that's that part is just finding a way to get into the gym because I could easily just go home straight from work and go to sleep <laughs> but trying to dig deep and when I don't want to be in the gym get to the gym with the training obviously with the deficit and obviously the amount you're doing there what are you eating that keeps you not bloated but also full? Because again, going to the gym starving every night must be fucking must be a nightmare. So, what is your what is day to day food for like you? Food for you, like a normal working day and a training day. Are you just like grazing like a cow? <laughs> are you like snacking? You got like a big meal at a certain point. Like, what's your like day to day like? Three big meals a day and then two little meals. But the meals are still heavily carb because. I don't believe in a low carb diet. I think scaffolding all day and training in the evening, you need fucking carbs for that. So, high carb diet <laughs> is kind of what drags you through. And caffeine, a lot of fucking caffeine. Now, again, this is where people who are going to get salty, what is your coffee? What are you saying? Need tea, coffee? What, what is your caffeine? Is it one of these good old monsters? What are you, what are you saying? What's the caffeine? Uh, it's a latte. Oh, something's doing all right. <laughs> Or sugar-free Red Bull, either one. Depending. Sugar-free Red Bull, wow, all right, Kyle. I'm on with the monster as well. <laughs> yeah, on your monsters. Oh, I love sugar-free monsters, man. The thing is, I have a bit of tea every now and then, but it's, it's not this liquid gold. It's not, it's not, it's not as good, but... <laughs> not we, the same monster. We move. So here is a hypothetical. Again, no one gets upset with this. If you were given the option to have a camp anywhere, except for Elite, because obviously, you know... <laughs> that's that's off limits for this one scenario where are you doing your camp is it somewhere abroad is it somewhere local we'll say the fight it's for is in the same area just for convenience sake why not what gym would you like to train at like travel in the world to sort of train to if I travel anywhere I'd probably go to an alpha in yeah that's a little bit perfect isn't it for you <laughs> yeah all the little guys there like the top class with little guys I think that'd be the place I'd go all the manlets <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, this is kind of it because again, if you get guys similar weight, similar style, and again, a wrestling thing, like this is where is it? There was a meme the other day. It was like, I want to go to American Kickboxing Academy to learn how to wrestle. So if you've got any striking experience, no, I want to wrestle that. Perfect. Literally, <laughs> you get some of these gyms where it's so like tailored for your style as well. It's so perfect. Yeah, that perfect one. <laughs> what you want to do? Exactly. Yeah, I think like, if I was getting, if I'm going to go away to a fight camp, it would definitely be now. Perfect. Sunny, um, Sacramento. Um, now the most important question of the podcast is social media. Where can people find you, my man? Uh, on my Instagram <laughs> is Tommy Gibbs ninety two, and on my Facebook is just Tommy Gibbs. Now, boys and girls, sure check out Tommy, but also check out Techie Fightwear, Fisticuff Shorts. We've got the Rash Guards launching, yeah, launching the um, Rash Guards this week as well. Very exciting times ahead, so be sure to keep an eye out. Check out the podcast sponsors, the English Hypnotist, available on all social media platforms. Again, if you take it a step further in your mental game, in your business, fighting, any sort of competition, again, it's really interesting to get an insight into habits you fall into, how you can assess them, and again, game-changing. And thank you for your time, Tommy. 